Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. It is amazing what God has done. It's amazing that God can use a simple vessel if you just surrender to Him. If we just become what God wants us to be, if we'll just do what God wants us to do, it's amazing what God will do if we just allow Him to. We've been talking this past month uh, last two months about living kingdom truth living kingdom truth that is understanding that we are children of God we are the children of Almighty God he saved us and he's called us to be salt and light that's what you and I as individuals and collectively as a church we're called to do we are set here to not exalt a man, but to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love singing the songs this morning, hearing the praises of the Lord, uh, of, of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the, the, the verse in that one song that we sang, and I don't even know the name of the song, but it says we were, we were orphans, and now we are children of the King. Say amen to that. That's what happens when we get saved, when we become children of God. He takes us from, from having absolutely nothing, and he makes us uh, into vessels that can bring honor and glory to him. And that's what we're here to do today, to bring glory and honor to him. God uses us as servants. And we've been talking again about the fact that, that he is the king. He came to this earth. He came to this earth so that we could know him, and he sits on a mountainside with a group of people who have followed him from all different walks of life. They've come to hear him preach, and when he speaks to them, he says, you need to understand, God wants you to be happy, not because of the condition you're in, because conditions in the world could be worse, and, and they are worse. We, we live in a, in a terrible time, but we have a position, and our position is children of God. We are heirs of God. We are joint heirs together with him, and, and God calls us to be salt, to speak truth. We're to be light. We're to show the world that there is, a, there is hope when we, we just celebrated Christmas, and what a wonderful time to say, look, God sent his son into the world. We're here to deliver that truth to the world. That's why God's called us. And, he, and then he tells us how to live that life. He tells us to, to love one another. He says, if people hate you, love them and, and, and minister to them and care about people and think more about others than you do about yourself and give of your life. We're celebrating today. Listen, we're celebrating today the elimination of a debt, $2.1 million debt that we accrue, uh, accrued over a, a many years. We're celebrating the elimination of that debt, but we couldn't celebrate that unless you were willing to say, hey, let's do what God wants us to do. We want to have a base of operation here in this city that can reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ, a, a lighthouse that will shine no matter what takes place in our economy, no matter what takes place in our world. We, we want to be a light, and we want to, be a, we want to, we want to shine the light. We want to be that light. 
because of your giving, because of your prayers, because of your work. When you look at the names on that, when I see that, that tree totally and completely filled, when I look at that tree and I see it filled with, with names, I think, man, each and every one of those people were willing to say, we're going to give. People, this, this church has not been built by a bunch of rich people. This has been uh, individuals saying, we want to give. We want to be part of the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom. And so today we come to the end of this series, living the king, living kingdom truth. And that's what God wants us to do. God doesn't want us just to hear truth. God wants us to live truth. God doesn't want us just to talk about shining the light. He wants us to shine the light. He wants us to see all around us there are people who need to hear truth and we need to be that, that, that lighthouse of truth. We're supposed to live it. But we can't do that unless we're walking with Jesus. We need to walk with with him. And so the end of this series today, we, we start with this, that, that God wants us to take a walk with the king. God wants us to walk with him. In Matthew chapter 17, in Matthew chapter 17, I want to read to you a story of, of three guys that were called by Jesus to take a walk. They said, they said Jesus, Jesus said, hey, boys, come with me. I want to take you someplace. And, and they, they chose to follow him. They chose to take a walk. Now, they had already said, oh, we believe. But, but Jesus says to them, look, aside from all of the other apostles, I want you three to come with me, and I want you to see something very special. He, he takes them for a walk. And we're going we're gonna to examine that walk and how that applies to our lives and our situation today. Before we do, let's pray. Father, thank you. I thank you for every single person that's in this room today because the church is not a person and the church isn't even you. The church is your people assembled together. And Father, every person in here today make this church what it is. And Father, I pray that you would speak through us as we're celebrating victory that you gave to us, as we're celebrating life that you gave to us. I pray, Father, you use this message to encourage us to continue to walk with you so that your kingdom will continue to be advanced here in this city and around the world through this your church, us, your people, your sons and daughters here in this fellowship, in this church. God, I pray you challenge us. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that they will put their faith and trust in you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Fifty years ago, as a, as a 17-year-old kid, I committed my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. At, at 17 years old, I was trying to go to, going to I, was, I, I, I said, I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. But I found it was very difficult to do that, uh, going to Rancho High School. If you can equate to that, if you know Rancho, say amen to that. 
because that was a difficult thing. And, uh, and, and I found that carrying my Bible in a public school was, created some difficulty, but I did it. And, 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 and I, I, got, I got burdened about seeing a Christian school established here in this city, and then later through a, a church. And I, 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 I took a walk with the Lord. I, I, I pulled my car up to Sunrise Mountain, and there was a whole lot less people here in the valley back then, and Sunrise Mountain was like way out in the middle of nowhere. I, I, I took a walk. There was a, a walking path, and, and uh, it, it's still there today. You can walk up this walking path, and, and you can walk up, and you can sit on the side of Sunrise Mountain, and you can look over the entire valley. And I remember standing there, as Brother Ruiz said just a little while ago, I, I stood there and I said, Lord, I'd, I'd heard that a guy named John Knox had looked at his country uh, in Scotland and he said, God, I want people in Scotland to get saved. And he, and he prayed this. He said, give me Scotland or I die. Well, I didn't want to be too dramatic with God, but I, I really wanted to get the gospel to Las Vegas. I really wanted to see Las Vegas, people in Las Vegas get saved. Now, I'm just a dumb 17-year-old kid. I didn't know anything about the way the world worked or operated. Uh, I, my, my dad had died when I was 10 years old. I, I didn't know uh, even about having a family. I didn't know any of those things, but I said, Lord, Lord, I just ask you to help me to tell other people how they can know they're going to heaven. Help me to tell other people. And, and Father, I just want to come here. I want to raise up generations. I want to start a Christian school. I want to start a church. I want to, God, just give. And then I said, like, like John Knox said, I said, God, give me Las Vegas or I die. That's what I want to spend my life doing. Give me Las Vegas. I want you to know this, that when you take a walk with the Lord and you, you surrender totally and completely to Him, He'll do things in your life that are absolutely impossible. He'll do things through you that, that, you, that, that you'll look back at and say, how in the world did that happen? How did God do that? But God can do anything. And God can use the simplest of vessels. God can use the, the weakest of vessels. God can use the less intelligent of vessels if those vessels are surrendered to him. Here in, in Matthew chapter 17, the Bible says this, that Jesus comes to his disciples. Verse 1, it says, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter and James and John his brother and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Can I tell you this? If you take a walk with the Lord, it's, it's got to start with some place. And this is the place it starts. It starts with salvation. It, it's, it, it comes this way. It's you coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. I recognize that you are God and that you died in my place to pay for our sins. I had gone to church all my life. I had gone to church all my life, but nobody ever shared with me. In fact, when I was nine days old, uh, 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 my mother had me in our church here in Las Vegas. It was called the Las Vegas Bible Church. And my mother had me there. Since I was nine days old, I, I went to church week after week after week. There are very few Sundays in my life that I can ever remember not going to church. But even though I went to church all my life, I did not know for sure I was going to heaven. 
I thought I had to be good in order to get to heaven. I thought I had to behave in order to get to heaven. I used to pray. I, I used to, my mother used to come in and next, sit next to my bed, and she would have me pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and I meant that. And then I would pray if I should die. And then while I said that, I thought, I know all the things that I did today that my mother doesn't know about. I know all the things I got into that my mom doesn't know about. And she's here, and I would say, if I should die, and it would just hit me, if I should die before I wake, man, I pray the Lord my soul to take, but I know what he knows that I did. That's a scary thing to know that he knows what you did. And he does. He knows everything you did. In fact, the Bible says he knows not only what you did, he knows what you think about doing that you didn't do because you knew you'd get in trouble if you got caught. He knows everything about you. He knows, the, he knows our inner heart. He knows who we are. And I would pray, I, I, I pray the Lord my soul to take it. And then, um, and, and then my, my mom would leave and I would lay there in bed and say, Lord, you know what I did today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God, please forgive me. I, I, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. And then the next day I would do it again. I would do the same thing over and over again. You ever, anybody else have that problem? Can you say Amen. So we, the Bible says this. I didn't understand what the Bible said about salvation. See, the Bible says this. The Bible says it's very simple to get saved. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, that's very simple. People like to make it difficult, but it's very simple. You have to come to Jesus, and you have to say to Jesus, well, here's, first we have to understand something. We have to understand that we're sinners. We have to understand that Jesus is God. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's either God or he's a, a liar or a lunatic. He's God. 2,000 years of history have proved that what he said was true. He claimed to be God when the disciples said, show us the Father and it'll suffice us. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus is God. The Bible says that I am a sinner. And because I'm a sinner, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. What I deserve for my sin is spiritual death, separation from God forever in a place called hell. But the Bible says that God loves me in spite of the fact that I'm a sinner. That's what I didn't understand as a little boy. I didn't understand that God loved me in spite of the fact that I was a sinner. But there was no way I could be good enough to get to heaven. God knew that. My sin separates me from heaven. See, my sin deserves a punishment, and the punishment is eternal separation forever in a place called hell. And, and I knew I deserved that, but I, and I didn't know how to get out of that. Well, God became a man so that he could pay the penalty of my sin in my place. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He suffered and died an agonizing death. He suffered the equivalent of hell on the cross. He paid for my sin in my place. That's what I didn't understand. He paid for my sin in my place. Then after he, after he died that agonizing death, he was buried. 
to prove that he was dead. He stayed dead three days and three nights. But on the third day, he rose from the dead, having already paid for my sin and paid for your sin. And then he ascended to heaven. And he was seen by hundreds of eyewitnesses. That's why we know this is no fairy tale. This is truth. We know it's truth because because the hundreds of eyewitnesses who were willing to die for what they saw Hundreds of eyewitnesses who were willing to die for what they saw went everywhere telling everybody that Jesus had died and he was buried and he rose from the dead. And many were crucified, killed because of their testimony. People don't die for something they know is a lie. They went everywhere sharing the gospel. Jesus went back to heaven. Now, the Bible says, all I have to do is say to Jesus, yeah, I believe that. I admit I am a sinner. My sin is sin. I know that you are God. And I know that you died to pay for my sin in my place. And you were buried and you rose from the dead for me. And I want to ask you to save me. And the Bible says, I love it, just it's so simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. If you admit that you're a sinner, even today if you've never done this, if you admit that you're a sinner, if you say to God, I know that I, I'm a sinner, I know that, that you died for me and you were buried and rose from the dead for me, Jesus, please give me eternal life. The Bible says you can become a child of God. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, anyone who comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. If you come to Jesus and ask him to give you eternal life, he promises that he will not reject you. You say, well, you don't know how bad I've been. No, he does. And he said, listen, no matter how bad you've been, if you'll just ask me to save you, I'll give you eternal life. That's humbling yourself before him. So, and you say, Jesus, please save me. I was in the airport last night. We got in at 11.38 last night from a flight from Pennsylvania. We got in, 11.30, and Neil Berkey was with me. So I said, uh, I, he, I just stepped on the rock. Uh, 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 I, I, he, he, we, his, his, the, the, the van was parked in another parking lot, so he was going to go get them. I have to get all 13, pack, all 13 pieces of luggage uh, for us, and the, uh, there was eight of us, and so there were 13 pieces of luggage. I was getting all that. He was going to meet us at passenger pickup, and that was the whole plan, except that once we got the luggage, I got a phone call. He said, the battery's dead in the parking lot, and nobody's here. So it's, yes, that's exactly the way I felt. So I looked, I, 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 said, uh, I said, okay, well, God's in control. He said, yeah, so we, he called AAA, and we, I said, and then he called me back, and he said, uh, AAA said they'll be here, but it may be an hour. So we're sitting in the airport, and I said, okay, let's get everybody sit down. So we got the four grandchildren and, and uh, mom and uh, and and grandma and me and we sit down and there's a line of us there and all this luggage sitting with us we're sitting there there's two seats right next to where where my wife is and then I'm two seats and these people come walking over Doug and Cerulea said you ever met them no but I didn't last night they walked over and they said hey how you doing hey uh, man are you waiting for your luggage because we're waiting for ours and uh, they, we said, uh, yeah, that we're, we're, well, we're waiting. And, uh, and um, so they said, can we sit here? I said, sure, you can sit here. So I said, hey, uh, while you're sitting here, can I share something with you? And I reached in my pocket. 
And I, I handed him one of these that says, you can know for sure you're going to heaven. I said, uh, I said I'm a pastor here in town. If, while you're in town, uh, 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 if you need any help, uh, let me give this to you. Uh, they were here just to celebrate the new year and uh, a party. They were from, from uh, uh, Northern California. And uh, so I said, uh, I, said, I said, let me give that to you. And he looked at that and he said, oh, so that's so kind of you. Is that so thankful? And, and she, she took it from him and she started looking through this. And she said, can I ask you, where do you go? What happens after you die? Well, what kind of question is that? <laughs> and I got to thinking, you know, maybe God knew what he was doing by allowing our battery to go dead. And so I, I went through, I gave them, I told them what the Bible says. The, you know, the Bible says that we're all sinners. I explained to them that God created us with a body and a soul and a spirit. And because I thought specifically she wanted to know what happens to our body. And I explained to her that uh, the soul is the real person. It's who we are. And the, the, the body is the part of us that communicates to other people and is allowed to be here on this earth. And the spirit of, of, of man is the part of man that has connection with God. But the Bible tells us this, and, and heaven. So if we want to go to heaven, we have to be spiritually alive. If we want to live on this earth, we have to be physically alive. If I die spiritually, I'm separated from God and from, and from heaven. If I die physically, I'm separated from earth and from people. But my soul still exists. And if I can't go to heaven because I'm spiritually dead, I can't stay on earth because I'm physically dead, there's only one place left for me to go, and that's to hell. And she said, oh. She started getting tears in her eyes. And I said, I said, but the Bible says that God loves us so much that he didn't want us to go to hell, but somebody had to pay for our sin. And so Jesus is God in human flesh. He came and he died and he paid the penalty of our sin in our place and he was buried. And three days later, he rose from the dead. Just about the time I got, to, got through the plan of salvation with her, uh, the luggage, they, they wheeled the luggage over to Doug and Doug said, you know what? I know you get paid for this, but he said, that's the best explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> I said, and, and so I didn't get a chance to, to read them or, or to lead them through the sinner's prayer. I said, well, you take that and you, and you read that. And, and they said, thank you, thank you. And they took off. I really believe that was an absolute divine appointment. God wants us to be light, and God, is, God gives, gives us opportunity over and over and over to, to, to be light, and God wants us to be light. The Bible tells us that the very first thing we have to do, when we're, the very first thing you're going to do, if you start walking with Jesus, if you take a walk with the Lord, first thing that's going to have to happen is you've you, you got to get saved. If you've never gotten saved today, you can begin a walk with God that will be life-transforming. I'm telling you, 50 years ago, I gave my life to the Lord, and he has totally transformed my life. I was a poor kid living in a trailer park in North Las Vegas. I, was, I, I did not have the ability to do anything. It's totally, God can use, what I'm saying is this, if God can use me, he can use anybody. Just start walking with him. And the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, wants to, he says, listen, if you want to walk with me, you can walk with me. A walk is something you do deliberately. It's something you choose to do. It's, it, you, you, must daily, you must daily say, hey, uh, I'm going to walk with him. If you want to get saved, it's not something you ooze into. There has to be a time you say, yeah, I'm going to walk with you. 
Yeah, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell, but you died for me, and if you want me to walk with you, I want to receive you as my Savior. Jesus saved me. He'll save you just that quick. I hope you'll do that today if you've never done that. Now, once we, once we, <laughs> once we get saved, then there's a, ste- a second step. That is surrender. There has to be a point in your life where you say, I'm totally and completely surrendered to do whatever you want me to do. Look, look, look at these guys. The Bible says that after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, uh, and, and bringeth them up into a high mountain, and he was transfigured before them. Now, that's an amazing thing, what, what's about to take place in this story. He, they're going to see God in all of his glory. They're going to see him do wonderful things. Listen, when the disciples walked with Jesus, they saw blind people receive their sight. They saw lame people walk. They saw sick people healed. They saw demon-possessed people have the demons cast out. They saw families restored. They saw wonderful things happen as they walked day by day with Jesus. Here, they're going to see Jesus transfigured. They're going to see a, a picture of Jesus in his future glory. They're going to see all of his glory revealed to them. They're going to see Jesus as, as he is coming back to redeem us. They're going to see that. But in order for them to see that, they had to be willing to say, We'll go where you want us to go. Peter could have said, hey, you know what? I'd like to go up to the mountain with you right now, but, and, and I love you, but, but there's some other things that I'd like to get done over here. You know, I got a family and some kids over here. I, hey, there's some things I got to do. James might say, listen, I haven't been fishing for a long time. And John might say, hey, me either. And can we just, and they would have missed out. See, we have to be surrendered. In your life, you have to go where he wants you to go. You you have to decide that somebody has to decide what you're going to do with your life. If you're a teenager here, you you have to determine, are you going to do your thing? Are you going to do what Hollywood tells you to do? Are you going to go where where the world tells you to go? Are you going to do your thing? Are you going to live for the sensual pleasures of this life? Are you, what are you going to do with your life? And, and not just if you're a teenager, if you're a grandma or a grandpa, you're going to have to decide, is it all about me? Is it all about me living for me? Is it all about me doing what I want to do? Is it all about me going where I want to go? Is, is 2024 going to be all about me having what I want? Or am I going to surrender to do what God wants me to do? I'm telling you, the devil lies. And he says, if you surrender, then you're never going to have any fun in your life. And you're just going to live a boring life. You're not going to have any excitement in your life. You're going to miss out on life. I want to give you just a personal testimony. That's not true. I've watched God over 50 years take a... a, 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 And I don't mean to be self-debasing. I'm just telling you, a loser of a kid and and take I've been all over the world I've I've traveled the world and I'm amazed what God's allowed me to see and I'm amazed what God's allowed us to see together here in the Las Vegas Valley it's amazing 
Surrender to Him, no matter what age you are. At 68 years of age today, I am still surrendering every day to Him. Paul said it this way. He said, I beseech you. I'm pleading with you, therefore, brethren. You are children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you're to be salt and you're to be light. I, I beseech you, Paul says, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice like Mary did at Christmas, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. After what he's done for you, it's only reasonable that you should do this. And don't be conformed. Be not conformed to this world. Don't live the way the world wants you to live. All that will bring is emptiness. All that will bring is a lack of satisfaction. You'll live for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and none of it will satisfy. Listen, give yourself, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get in the word of God that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You'll see God work through your life and amazing things will happen. You might even become citizen of the month in Las Vegas. It's amazing what God will do. It's amazing. Present your bodies to God. 27 years ago, a young couple came into our church. They didn't have any children. They came, they, they came and they heard me preach. And they said, that guy is a lunatic. And they left. They said, we're not going back there. I mean, that guy believes. Also, I mean, he just preaches right out of the Bible all the time and he's always saying this is how you ought to live and this is how you ought to live and they left they went to a couple other churches and they said well let's try that liberty again and they came back to liberty and, and a, a, a young couple named uh, Kyle and Cammy Haynes took them and said hey it start, just started uh, ministering them and ministering to them and ministering to them and they said man they said what do you do they said we're, well we're teachers we, we teach out in Malapa and uh, they're very educated people, very, really into education. And uh, they started coming, and they actually started liking it. And they actually, and, and they, they actually started saying, hey, we really want to understand more about the Bible. And they started growing. And, uh, and my wife and I decided, hey, they look like a great couple to disciple. We've been praying about starting a school. So we, we said, hey, would you be interested in helping us plant a school here out of this church and he looked at me and said oh i'm not going to be part of a little old church church school he said we believe in education we're not in, interested in just playing school we are educators and i said oh i said well let me give you some curriculum to look at and he said okay i'll look at the curriculum and and he looked at the curriculum and he came back a week later and he said this is unbelievable you mean they actually still teach like this? And I said, yeah, in a Christian school. If we could start a Christian school. And that young couple who had been, had traveled around the world, I mean, they were a young, uh, uh, carefree couple. They'd, they'd been all sorts of different places, done all sorts of different things. They said, they said I, I said, listen, I need a principal for a school. But that would mean a pay cut. Means you mean you're going to make 50% of what, you made, what you're making now and means you'd come here and, and your whole life would <laughs> totally and completely change. And they said, uh, they said oh, well, I don't know, you know, let's pray about it. And you know what happened? John and Jan Shore said one day, you know what, we think this is God's will. 
We don't know how we're going to do it. We don't know how we're going to make it. We don't know how we're going to live. I said, I don't either. And, uh, and they said, but, but we really think that this is what God wants us to do. They surrendered themselves totally and completely to the ministry. And they said, we're going to start this school. And they started the school with 43 kids. And, uh, and, and, and out of nothing, God used them over the last 25 years. We discipled. We took two years of discipleship with John and Jan Shore. So we met them 27 years ago. And then we spent two years discipling them and them asking us every question in the world. Man, try discipling a couple of educators. <laughs> And then, and uh, man, I, I, I was so glad they never saw my GPA. Uh, <laughs> but God used them because they were willing to surrender. I'm telling you this, that first you've got to be saved and then you've got to surrender. And God may, listen, just because you surrender to the Lord doesn't mean you're going to be a principal of a school or a pastor of a church or anything. But if you surrender, it's amazing what God will do to your life. God, you're going to direct my life instead of me directing my life. I'm going to go where you want me to go. I think it's so fascinating that we start off walking with the Lord and we think we're by ourselves, but God never leaves us alone. God, when you got saved, you were born into the family of God. You understand that? So you got about a, a bunch of brothers and sisters, and we're all in here, and we're all different, and we all got some, like, different idiosyncrasies and we all uh, and, and in the world we got brothers and sisters all around but God doesn't doesn't save you and then just leave you alone he brings brothers and sisters together he brings people and when you surrender there's got to be prayer in your life but there's also got to be partnership there's got to be partnership with you and your brothers and sisters in Christ and God brought that in there's also got to be purity in your life you've got to say I'm gonna do what God wants me to do no matter what I want to do God, God wants you to be surrendered. So you get saved, and then you surrender. And it's been amazing as I've watched over the years how one after another you've surrendered, you've surrendered, you've surrendered. And so I want, I want to be what God wants me to be. It's amazing to watch how God uses people as they surrender to His will and to His direction. Look what it says here. Look what they got to see. Look at verse 2. It says, And they were he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. When you see Jesus, it transforms you. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah uh, talking to him. And Peter said, unto Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. When you see Jesus, when you are starting to surrender to him, and you're, you say, man, this is a good place to be. This is a good place to be. They are surrendered to him. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Look what they're seeing. Picture this. They are there in the, in the, in the presence of Jesus. They've seen him just as a man, but then all of a sudden, he is transfigured. They see him in all of his glory as though he's coming back. And then they get to see, I mean, there's no greater prophet in the Old Testament than Elijah. They, the leader of the Old Testament was Moses. This is Moses, the greatest man that ever lived in their, in their eyes. There's Elijah, this great prophet, and they're seeing the prophets. They're understanding the prophets. They're seeing the law of God as it really is. And Peter is so excited, and he opens his mouth. Don't you, don't you, aren't you 
Don't you get embarrassed sometimes of what comes out of your mouth? And, and Peter, says, Peter says, let's build three tabernacles. But God said, no, no, no. No, you don't need to be building three tabernacles because Jesus is greater than any of that. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He's the fulfillment of the prophets. You don't need to see. What you need to see is my son lifted up. He is the fulfillment of everything the law said, everything the prophets said. You need to see him in his glory. And when you see him in his glory, then here's the next thing you need to do. You need to become a student of his. You need to become his student. Look what the Bible says. And while he yet spake, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. What you need to do is become a student. You need to become a student of Jesus. You need to just study him. You need to follow his direction. You need to do what he wants you to do. It's been amazing over the years as we've watched one student after another say, I just want to hear more about the Lord. I want to become more of what God wants me to be. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. What, do I, what am I supposed to study? Study Jesus. Find out what Jesus says. Watch what Jesus does. Live the way Jesus lived. You say, I can't do that. Oh, if you surrender to the Holy Spirit of God, you can, it's amazing what he'll do through you. Study him. Study who he is. Become what he wants you to be. Become a student. How do you do that? Well, you read the word of God. But more than that, listen, there's, there's opportunities. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting our connection classes here in church. God has brought so many tremendous teachers into this church. I'm just, it amazes me. We're talking about our pastors. We're talking about our adult Bible study teachers. At Vision, Vision Sunday night, you're going to see, you're going to be introduced to, and I, I, listen, I encourage you, if you don't normally come on Sunday nights at 5 o'clock, don't miss next Sunday night at 5 o'clock when we talk about the vision for 2024 because God is doing some amazing things and you're going to have an opportunity to individually meet the different teachers that God has given to this church. You see, in order to be a student, you have to have a teacher. And God's filled this church with some amazing teachers. I was going to start listing them to you, but I'm going to forget somebody if I do. And so next Sunday night, come and meet them. They're amazing teachers. You have, you've, God's given you, you've already met Pastor Ruiz. You've already met Pastor Matt. You've already met uh, the, the preachers. I've talked about Pastor Neil. These are the shepherds. These are the pastors of our church. But the, we have some tremendous servant teachers that, that help you grow in Christ. It's amazing. I, 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 as, as a young man, I just determined I wanted to know everything I could about the Bible. I de decided before I told anybody about Jesus, I was going to have to read through the entire Bible so I didn't make any mistakes. And then after I read through the Bible, I would know it all. And then I could tell everybody about Jesus. I've read through the Bible now over 50 times or else listened to it. I've, there's times I've just listened to it. I, I, don't, I, I don't have it all down. Can you believe that? I, I don't, I, I, I've, I've 50 times, in, and, 
If you wait till you know everything in the Bible, then you'll never share the gospel with anybody. But you know what I found out? That God brought up in my life people who would teach me, people who would lead me so that I could study, and I would study, and I would hear teachers, and I heard teachers after teacher after teacher after teacher. There are people in this, in this uh, church, I love to listen to them teach. I love to hear our Bible study teachers teach the Word of God and share their thoughts. Don't miss out on that opportunity. The Bible says, and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you. God wants us to study His Word. And we do that by getting around us competent teachers. It was me, I determined to go to college, and I went to college, and God surrounded me with teachers. I knew nothing about the living. I knew the stories of Jesus. I knew the stories of the Bible, but I didn't know anything about living practical truth. But when you are sitting under the feet of godly teachers, they help you grow, and you can become the student that God wants you to be. We are, we've got to constantly be subjecting ourselves to the study of the Word of God. When you become a student, you get close to Jesus. When you become a student, you don't fear tomorrow. When you become a student, you, you know how to have good relationships. And so we study the Word of God, we, we read what Jesus says, we go to church, we get into a connection class, we grow. And when we do, we become more of what God wants us to be so that we can become servants. Later, these, these students, that, that were, they just decided to listen to what the Father said and they decided to listen to Jesus because God the Father said, listen to Him. The Bible says, when they heard it, they fell on their face and were afraid, and Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. Now when they arose, the next thing they did is they became, they followed Jesus and they became servants. They became servants of the Lord. I have found this in, in the years of our ministry, that God has brought so many different servants into this church. When our church first started, my wife and I came out here, we didn't, she didn't, knew nothing about living in the desert. Uh, I've told you this before. She, she grew up in Pennsylvania next to a creek. I m moved her out to Las Vegas next to a drainage ditch. It's the closest <laughs> thing I could find, and, and we were there for 25 years. But, but what immediately God did was God began to bring servants into our church. We, started, we went out door knocking. We started knocking on 100 doors a day. And when we did, before we did that, there were people that just came. There was another church that had started and then dissolved. We knew nothing about it. But there were some, some people that had gone to that church. One of his name was Dave Alons. And Dave Alons came that very first Sunday. He said, what did he do? Well, I'll tell you. He said, he said whatever you want me to do, I'll do. He came and helped set up chairs. We had no chairs. We had metal folding chairs. And, uh, and, and Dave was like a, always a mechanic and a worker and always fixing something. So he had like screwdrivers in the back of his, his thing. And there, there are still folding chairs around here after all these years that if you see them and they're all scratched up, it's because he had a screwdriver and he was scratching up the chairs. He would always sit on the back row. But he, he, took, he, he was an usher for very first Sunday. Him and a man named Larry Sample 
Larry Sample and him were the ushers that day. But I, the, the, the greatest thing I liked about him was my wife, we wanted to do a puppet show our very first Sunday so kids would know it's fun to be a Christian. And so we built these puppet stages and, and there was nobody to do the puppets because there was nobody. It was just us. And David said, I'll do them. And so David hovered, his first Sunday at Liberty Baptist Church, he hovered behind these puppet stages holding up uh, uh, Leo the lion and Oscar the grouch. And I thought that was appropriate. And, uh, and, and he just moved their mouths. And the mouths didn't move to the words and nothing was right. But, uh, but the kids sang songs and they saw these puppets moving back and forth. And that was Dave Alon's uh, wearing himself out as a servant. As a servant. A few, years, a few, few months later, another man walked into our... our uh, uh, auditorium and he was carrying a little baby and his name was Aaron and, and he walked in and uh, he, uh, he, his name was John Berg and John Berg started uh, coming to uh, the church and, and, and uh, served he said again whatever you want me to do, total surrender I'll do whatever you want me to do I just want a place to serve and he came and he served since that time God has brought servant after servant after servant. I think of Todd and Patty Pierce. I think of, of, uh, I think of Joe and Jeanette Campbell. I remember when Joe first came in, I thought, my goodness, God, you're going to have to do a miracle. And he did. <laughs> and he did. Uh, the, uh, uh, God brought Bob and Cheryl Smith. They were attending another church, and they started coming over to here. And, then, and, and just all sorts of servants. I think of... Again, if, if I'm going to live miss out on other people, but I, I think I think of people like Cindy, Rody, and Greg. How every every week, every Monday, when I'm not even here, and Tuesday they'll come in and they'll they'll put together all the names of all the prayers, the prayer list, the the prayer cards that you turned in. She'll come and she'll go through every one of them. I think of Debbie Ashford doing that. They, they work together just doing stuff. I think of walking in here in, our mid, in, in the services, and I think of, I think of, uh, uh, of people who are just there shaking hands. Curtis Ashford just coming up and shaking, just there faithfully, always a smile, always ready. I'm telling you this. What I'm saying is, is you become a servant. After you study the Word of God, you realize that service is what it's all about. And, and, and they're serving. And I think of what the Bible says in Psalm 2 and verse 11. The Bible says, serve the Lord with fear and with rejoicing and with trembling. God tells us that we're to serve. And God's filled this place with servants. The Bible says in Psalms 100 and verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. I'll walk in on Sunday morning. I'll walk into my office. I walk through my office, and there's three or four guys that are, that are ushers that are counting money, and they're just always happy. It's not because they're uh, counting money. Uh, they're just serving the Lord. They're serving the Lord. They're doing what God wants us to do. And when we do that, listen, what we do is we represent God. We represent God because the Bible says this. Jesus said, Whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, that is, not to be served, but to minister, that is, to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. When you walk with the Lord, you start it by salvation. Then you surrender. Say, God, whatever you want me to do. 
whether it's being an usher, whether it's being uh, Leo the Lion and Oscar the Grouch, whether it's, whether it's uh, counting money, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class, whether it's working with Bible clubs, the, the ministries of this church are so enormous. I think of Michael and Joanna Banks that God brought here, God's life, God changed their lives, and now they're, they're in charge of a child evangelism fellowship in, this, in the city, and God's just using them. Why? Because they just said, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, we'll do. Now, by the way, when you do that, does that mean everything's going to be a rose garden? There's never going to be any problems? No, that's not at all. You're going to have difficulty. You're living with a sinner. You say, I thought they were servants. Yes, they're servants of sin. And uh, that's all of us together, right? So we're serving the Lord and we're working together. But we're, we're representing the, the Lord and we're seeing God do some great things. And it's not, again, because of one kid up on a mountain. It's because all of us, God has brought servant after servant. We, when we came here, we had six goals. We wanted to give the gospel to the entire city of Las Vegas. In 1991, we accomplished that. We did it again in 2004. We gave the gospel to every single home in the city of Las Vegas. We wanted to begin a Christian school. God's allowed us to, to do that. And, to, and, and, and uh, we wanted to see that happen. We, we wanted to develop a Christian radio station so we could share the gospel 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This church has a Christian radio station that shares the gospel 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with three quarters of this valley. Say amen to that. We wanted to, we wanted to raise a family that would honor God with their lives, and by the, by the grace of God and because of a wonderful wife, we have family that wants to serve the Lord. It's amazing what God has done. We wanted to help plant other churches. That we're to, and help reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and God's allowed us to do that. We wanted to remain debt-free, and we stayed debt-free for 13 years, and then we bought a piece of property. <laughs> and, now, and now God's allowed us to eliminate that and see that happen. Man, uh, God has been good. God has been good. And, 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 and listen, this is, not the, this is not like the end of something. This is just the beginning God's brought us to this point so we can see great things happen. God raised um, each of us up to be servants. God's reached each, raised each of us up so that we could give. God's reached each of us up so we can go. God's reached each of us, us, us up so that we can be used to do His will and His work. God has done some great things. We look around this auditorium, I look around at this auditorium, I think of I look down there and there's Jamie and Mary Ann. Aren't you glad that Mary Ann stayed with Jamie all these years? Can you say amen to that? <laughs> Difficult times, but she stayed there. And, and man, what a faithful servant he has been. I think of, I think of Ed and Abby Crawford who just faithful. I can, I can look over to certain areas and say, look at you. Aren't you, aren't you glad that God has given us pillars in this church? I think of John and Kathy Jenkins sitting right back there. There they are, just been here for years, serving the Lord, just doing what God wants them to do. We, we don't just stop by being servants, though. God calls us to be shepherds. God wants us to lead others, and God has given us so many. We lead, we lead others as in, in different areas of our life, we, as parents, we, we lead our children. We shepherd our children. I, I'm so thankful that God brought us Michael and Amber Battle to work with our children's ministry. Can you say amen to that? Amen. A wonderful, wonderful ministry. But when I think of Amber Battle, 
I think man sees his amber battle because of Anthony and Tanya Piazza who said, we're going to spend our lives, we're going, we've, got, we've got our children and we're going to pour our lives into our children. And I watched them week after week after week that shepherd their children and pour their lives into uh, their kids. And so now, be- because of their faithfulness that God allowed us to meet, or for Amber to meet Michael and Michael and her together serving the Lord elsewhere, and then God led them back here. And man, to, t- to see that happen. I think of children's workers that, that God has given to us. We, God's given to us who are, who are shepherding children. Michael and Joanna Banks, again, I mentioned them, and, and well, just, there's, again, just too many to mention. I think there's over 250 uh, people that work in, in service areas of this church. Can you, is that right? And, and, man, every one of them are amazing. God's given us teachers, as I mentioned. These are, these are servants that have become shepherds. I think of, I think of discipleship, how... So many of you have, have decided you're going to take somebody, you've gone through discipleship, and now you're taking somebody else through discipleship. Every Wednesday when I come into my office, and I normally get here at the last minute, and I go into my office to get ready, and there's uh, Pastor Neil and Charity, and they're using my office. And I said, who gave you permission? And, uh, and, but recently, Joe and Carla Dennis have been in there, and they're going through discipleship, and they, they're being discipled. And that leads back to the very beginning. Once those people are discipled, then they're out leading people to Jesus Christ, and the work just continues. I mean, I don't want to be, quote Lion King, but that's the circle of life. You understand, that is the circle of life. That is, you get saved, you surrender, you become a student, you become a servant, you become a shepherd, and now you're bringing other people in so they can become saved and they can surrender, they can become servants and they can become, or students, and they can become servants and then they can shepherd. And that's what life is all about. It's teaching and ministering to other people. Jesus was speaking to, to, to Peter one day, and he says to Peter, he says, uh, Peter, do you love me? You remember this story? Jesus had uh, been denied by Peter three times, and uh, several days later, after Jesus rises from the dead, he meets with Peter. And he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And the, the, it's a long conversation, but he said, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And, and Peter responds, he said, do you love me unconditionally? And Peter says, well, I love you with emotion. I, I, I'm emotionally attached to you. And he said, if that's the case, then feed my lambs. That's shepherd them. And then he asked him again, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, feed my sheep. Jesus said unto him a third time, feed my sheep. If you love me, then find somebody to shepherd and feed them. Because there's always somebody who needs food. But Peter later, as Peter is getting ready to go to heaven, Peter admonishes us to do what Jesus told him to do. He says, the elders, the older people in the church that are among you, those that are older Christians that are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, he was old too. Pastor Shore, you can relate to this. And a witness... I'm a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Listen, this is years later. Peter is no longer a young man. He's an old man. He said, listen, 
Jesus told me this, so let me tell you this. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. You, you, you feed my sheep. That's what it means. That's what this church has been doing for the last 46 years. That's what God gave us this building for. God gave us this building so we could wear it out, feeding the flock of God, reaching this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank the Lord for all that he has done. Today, we celebrate the fact that God has given us this base, and it's totally and completely paid for. This is not, again, the end of a 50-year dream. It's the beginning of an eternal goal to advance the kingdom of God. This is all about advancing the kingdom of God. Say amen to that. We are here to advance the kingdom of God. This church is doing, this church is all of us doing His will. It began with a walk. And God wants you to walk. God wants each one of us to walk with Him. I would encourage you today to say, Lord, we've, we've gone through this whole series on walking or on advancing the kingdom and living kingdom truths. Ask the Lord to help you. And then just determine. You're going to walk. It's 2000. T- tomorrow is 2024. God, let us walk together in 2024. Lord, show me what you want me to do. Let me go where you want me to go. So, God's privileged us. So I ask you this question, first of all. Are you walking with the Lord? Do you know the Lord? Have you, have you come to Jesus? Is there a point in your life where you said, yes, Jesus, I believe you are God, that I'm a sinner, that you died to pay for my sins and you were buried and rose from the dead. Have you asked Jesus to save you? Is there a time that you remember doing that? As a Christian, are you so totally sold out to him? I want to take it in the next few minutes and just contemplate that. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Heads bowed and eyes closed. The question is this. Do you know for sure if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? If you know that, would you slip up your hand as a testimony to that? Oh, praise the Lord. Hands all over the place. Put your hands down. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Preacher, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. I'd like to know I'm going to heaven. I heard you say that all you have to do is ask Jesus to give you eternal life. And I want to do that today. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to do any of that. I'm not even going to ask you to stand. But if you're here and you say, Preacher, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I would like to know that. Please pray for me. I want to receive Christ as my Savior. Pray for me. I'd like to pray for you. I will not embarrass you. I'll not point you out, but I'd like to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand let me pray for you uh, and hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see? I see that hand back there. I will pray for you. Anybody else? I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Please pray for me. Anybody at all? I see that hand over there, and I'll pray for you. I see those two, uh, three hands back there in the back. I'll pray for you. I don't know for sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. Anybody else? I'm looking. Father, I thank you. I think I saw six different hands go up. I may have missed others. So said, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. And they want to receive you as Savior today. And I know my prayer won't save them, but you said if they call on you, that you would save them. And I ask you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you would save those that... um, that raise their hands and others that I may not have seen. I pray, Father, that you'd work in their lives, help make it make it very clear, and may they call on you right now and receive you as Savior. And I ask this in Jesus' name. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, 
be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.